Okay, we are learning Daf Chavbez, and we're learning about a machlokas between Chizkia and Rabbi Vahu. So Rabbi Vahu has a law. The law of Rabbi Vahu is whenever the Torah says don't eat something, we assume that eating is only an example. And really the Torah prohibits having any hanah from the, from, the, uh, from the item. So according to Rabbi Vahu, if the Torah says lo yochal, the assumption should be that it's an isra hanah unless the Torah indicates otherwise. And Chizkia says the opposite. That if the Torah says don't eat, we assume that it means don't eat. And uh, the Torah actually has to tell you specifically if it's also about no, it will tell it to you. So Chizkiah, for example, uh, tells you that the only way we know we only way we know chametz is also on Pesach Bano is because the Torah had to write a special drasha. If just for the fact that the Torah said don't eat chametz, you would say it means don't eat, but you could benefit. The Torah had to say special drasha of loyachal that tells you even benefit is also. Whereas according to Rabbi Vol, the, the way that you know that chametz is also on Pesach is because the said, Torah said don't eat it. And if the Torah said don't eat it, then the assumption is automatically that it's forbidden in benefit as well. Now we're looking at many examples uh, back and forth on this of when the Torah says don't eat something, should we assume it's also Bahana or not? So the example we were looking at uh, for Rabbi Vol was Nevela. The Torah says don't eat Nevela. So after the Torah says don't eat Nevela, and then the Torah follows it up with a special thing that you give it as a gift to the Geratosha, but you could sell it to a guy, which clearly indicates that it's Mutter Bahana. So it sounds like the Torah went out of its way to make that point. So why is the Torah making, going out of its way to make the point that you're allowed to have Bahana after it says you can't eat it? So it sounds like that you would have thought that it's also Bahana if the Torah said don't eat it. And the Torah had to go out of its way to tell you that you're still allowed to have benefit for it. And so Rabbi Vo is able to have a source that's Dom when the Torah says don't eat something. The assumption is that it's also to have Hana uh, as well. However, the Gemara got stuck on that according to Rabbi Yudah, because according to Rabbi Yudah, the Torah is not just Stam writing that you're allowed to have benefit from the Nevela. According to Rabbi Yudah, the Torah is telling you specifically you have to give it as a gift to a Gertoshev or sell it to a guy, but not vice versa. You're not allowed to give gift, gift, gift it to a guy, and you're not allowed to sell it to a Gertoshev. So according to Rabbi Yudah, we lost the proof. Maybe really when the Torah says don't eat something, generally it means only eat. But uh, Hanoah is mutter. I, why would the Torah go out of its way to tell you by Nevela that you're allowed to have benefit? Because the Torah was telling you these specific laws that you're allowed to, that, that, that you must specifically gift it to a Geratoshav or sell it to a guy. So we're still looking now, according to Rabbi Yudah, where is the source in the Torah that when the Torah says, don't eat something, we assume that it means not to have benefit as well. So we're looking for a source, according to Rabbi, Rabbi Vohu, Lefi Rabbi Yehuda, that such an assumption is there. So the Gemara says, right in the bottom of the base, the bottom words, we derive it from the Isra of Trefa. By Trefa, an animal that was sick, and then it got shechted, so the halacha is you can't eat it. The Torah says, you're not allowed to eat it. Then the Torah goes on to say, and it says that uh, instead you throw it to the dog. So the Torah has an extra word, oh so. This you throw to the dog. So we dash in top of chabez oso atamashal glavim. Only the meat of a trefa is it much to throw to a dog. We atamashal chakel called isur in shabbat torah. But other isur in shabbat torah, you are not allowed to give to the dog. Giving it to your dog is a form of benefit. So you're only the Torah is telling you a specific thing that this is a hetzer to give to benefit from this isur achilav trefa specific to the isur of trefa. But it's an exception. Other isuri uh, achila you're not allowed to benefit from by giving to your dog. So here we see a source like Rabbi Vo. Just like Rabbi Voa said that Islam Isra Achila we assume is also including an Isra of Hana. So now the Gemara wants to know what would Rameir need the word for Oso? What would Rameir need that word Oso to tell you? Because again, according to Rabbi Meir, we already know that when the Torah says don't eat something, that we know it includes Isra Hana. We know that from Nevela. Because according to Rabbi Meir, those words were extra when it said to give it to the Geratoshav or to sell it to the guys. So we already know that Stam Isra Achila include Isra Hana. So why, what does the Torah have to write the word Oso for in the context of Trefa? So the Gemara expounds also at the Mashal only the meat of the Trefa you're allowed to give to the dog. Via the Mashal Chakel. 
but you can't give to the dog the meat of Kulin that was shechted in Nazar. So we're moving on to a new Iser. Uh, you're not, the Torah indicates in other places that you're not allowed to shecht regular animal Nazar. The Azar is reserved only for shechting Kachin. If you bring a regular animal in and slaughter it there, that is forbidden. But the Torah never actually says don't eat it. The Torah never used the word don't eat in regard to Kulin Ba'azara. It's actually just from, from an inference. Uh, it's an inference from the idea of where the Torah writes the, the Shrita. Shrita can be wherever you like. So we imply from there that it's supposed to be outside of a holy place, not in the holy place. So the Torah didn't use the term don't eat. So Rabbi Vo's rule that it should be also by because the Torah said don't eat doesn't apply to Kulin Shrita Ba'azara. So one would think that Kulin Shrita Ba'azara would be Mutar Bahana. So that according to Rabbi Meir, the Torah is writing the word oso by, by trefa to say dafka trefa is an israchila can be fed to the dog, but you are not allowed to give to your dog, meaning you can't benefit from chulun shenishkul tuva hazara. In fact, it is usher to derive benefit from it. So that's what he used the word oso for. So we eat also Rabbi Yehuda, who can't use the word oso for that, because remember, Rabbi Yehuda is using the word oso to tell us that in general, kol yisur and Torah are not allowed to be fed to the dog. So... How, what would he say? In other words, he's telling you that generally when the Torah says an Isra Achila, general Isra Achila includes Isra No. That's where Abu the Darshan. So what does he say what, with Chun Shuzu Azara? says, so According to him, this din, Chulun Abashatun and Azara, it's not, it's not also Midaraisa. Maybe there's only an Isra Achila, but there's no Isra benefit since he doesn't make the Drasha. Also, he doesn't expound that way. So the law would come out that according to Rebbe, it wouldn't be also Okay, so the Gemara has now defended uh, Rabbi Vo, both according to Rabbi Meir, both according to Rabbi Yehuda. So where are we right now? Just to make a quick summary so we can proceed. We have a Machlokas Chizkin, Rabbi Vo, the Torah says, don't eat. Whether or not we assume that includes the Isra Hana, Rabbi Vo is telling you that we assume it includes the Isra of, of Hana. And the way that we learn that is either according to Rabbi Meir from Nevela, from the fact that the Torah has to say you gift it to a Gertosha or sell it to a guy. So we see that generally don't eat means to um, not to have benefit and Rabbi Yudah learns it from the word oso by trefa that only the, the trefa is given to the dog but no other is in Torah can be given to a dog and Rameir used the oso for something else to tell us that Chun Shushu Bazar is also Rana so now the Gemara has a bunch of kashas in Rabbi Vohu what about the Isra of Gananasha what does the Torah say it uses the word don't eat now so is Gananasha also Rana according to Rabbi Vohu it should be because it said don't eat Yet, Utanan, it says in the Mishnah on Chulin, Shleach, can send to a guy an animal that has the thigh with the Gidanasha in it. Because the Makom is Nikr, meaning you could send the thigh totally whole and not take out the Gidanasha. And we don't have to be scared that another, another Yid who saw this is going to buy the thigh and assume that the Gidanasha was taken out. Because everybody knows there's a mark that it leaves on the thigh when you take the Gidanasha out. So we don't have to be concerned that another Jew will purchase it from a guy. And you're allowed, therefore, to give a guy a present of the whole thigh with the Gidan Nasha inside of it. So when you give the, the thigh to, with the Gidan Nasha to the guy, you're getting benefit from it. So we see clearly in that Mishnah, you're allowed to benefit from Gidan Nasha. The whole Isser is only an Isser to eat the Gidan Nasha, not an Isser Hana. So according to Rabbi Vo, that's not right. So the Gemara answer is no. This that we have the Xeris Akasa, that you're allowed to benefit from Nevela. Remember that Xeris Akasa, that you give it to the Geritosh or sell it to a guy. He the Chelba Vegida Hutra. What parts of the animal, of the carcass that would die without Shechita, are you allowed to have benefit? Not only it, the meat itself, but the, all the forbidden fats and the Gidan Nasher were all part of the Heter. 
So meaning the Torah said the whole carcass you can have benefit from. So we see from the Torah that not only is the Isra of Nevela an exception to the rule that you're allowed to have benefit, even though it said lo yochal, also the Gidanashi can benefit and also the forbidden fat. Those are all part of the carcass that the Torah was matzah bahana. So we see an exception in that as well for the Isra Gidanashi, despite the fact that lo yochal usually means not to have benefit. But when the Torah said you could have benefit from Nevela, it included all the parts of the carcass, including the Gidanashi. So we see specifically that the Gidanashi is another exception where, they, where you are uh, a, a, allowed to have uh, allowed to have Hana from it. Okay, so now the Gemara continues. That's all true if we hold like the opinion that sinews, which are like not regular meat, they're like a little bit tougher. If you say that they have flavor and they're considered meat, then it makes sense. If the Torah is Matar Nevela, right? Nevela is an Isra on the meat. The Torah says the meat of the Nevela. So, if the if, if the Gidanasha is considered meat, then it makes sense. You see that the Torah was matir, then the meat of the Nevela Bahanot included the Gidanasha as well, because that's called meat. There's an opinion of Kulun that says actually sinews don't have a flavor. And the Gidanasha is not considered meat. And it's just like an interesting scriptural decree not to eat this, even though it's really like eating bones. Like it's like not really eating meat at all. According to that opinion, if somebody would eat the Gidanasha, they never of a, of a Nevela, it wouldn't be part of the Isra Nevela. It's not it's not included in the meat at all. So when the, the Torah gave you a special hatter to benefit from the Gidanasha to benefit from the Nevela. It's not, we don't have no way to assume that it's including the, um, including the Gidanasha because the Gidanasha is not called meat. So Michael Amemar, then according to that opinion, what are you going to say? How do we know that you're allowed to benefit from the Gidanasha? Don't tell me it's included in the Hatzor to benefit from the Nevela because that's not true. The Gidanasha is not part of the Nevela. Nevela is the meat of the carcass and the Gidanasha is not called meat. So the Gemara explains, Whose opinion do you know of? That Gidon don't have Tom? Where do you know that from? Reb Shimon. That's Reb Shimon's opinion. The Tanya says in a prize here, Someone who eats the Gidon Nasher from a non-kosher animal. So let's say you have a non-kosher animal, which anyways is Trave, and you also eat the Gidon Nasher. Reb says you have two Malkas. First of all, you ate a non-kosher animal. Second of all, you ate Gidon Nasher. According to him, Gidon Nasher applies to non-kosher animals. Uh, as well. So you get two malchus for eating Gidanasha of a non-kosher animal. Also, Rabbi Yudah holds its meat. If it wouldn't be meat, you wouldn't, you wouldn't, you wouldn't get lashes for eating non-kosher animal. You only get, uh, you're only going to get lashes for eating non-kosher animal if you eat the meat. So Rabbi Yudah's opinion is two points. Number one, Gidanasha applies to non-kosher animals. And number two, that Gidanasha is meat. Rabbi Shimon, poet, Rabbi Shimon holds, if somebody eats the Gidanasha, somebody who eats the Gidanasha of a non-kosher animal doesn't get any lashes. Why? He doesn't get lashes for eating non-kosher meat because it's not meat. And he doesn't get lashes for eating Gidanasha because Gidanasha doesn't apply to a non-kosher animal. So we see clearly, according to Rabbi Shimon, that um, sinews do not consider to, to have any flavor. And that's why it's not, you're not, if someone ate the Gidanasha of a non-kosher animal, they're not over on eating non-kosher meat. So you're all, all, now that we got a name to it, so the Gemara moves forward. So if so, Rabbi Shimon Achanami does not. So then we, we can, we're actually going to provide some evidence that Rabbi Shimon asked the Gidanasha in benefit, and it actually works out really well. The Tanya, as it says in the Bible, the Gidanasha is another for Rabbi Yudah says Gidanasha is mother of Shimon Oser. And the Mishnah before that said you could send the Gidanasha to a guy, and Achanami is only like Rabbi Yudah, not like Rabbi Shimon. So now let's put the whole Cheshman together. It makes a lot of sense. Really, Rabbi Vo's rule is right. Rabbi Vo's rule is that when the Torah says don't eat something, it means not to have benefit from it as well. And that's, that's, um, and that's in Achanami. So Rabbi Shimon says, if the Torah says don't eat the Gidon Nasha, we assume you cannot benefit from it. Comes along Rabbi Yudah. Rabbi Yudah has a different view. Rabbi Yudah has a different view because since the, one of the exceptions to the rule was Nevela and Gidon Nasha is meat, so the heter to have benefit from, from, from Nevela meat was going on in Gidon Nasha as well. But Rabbi Shimon Lishi, 
Mishitasa holds in Bikita Minos in Tam that it's not called meat. So according to him, we didn't see it as part of the exception since it's not part of the exception. In Achanami, we don't have any reason to think it's any different than Rabbi Vol's rule. And Rabbi Vol's rule would apply to Giran And we would say, if the Torah said, don't eat Giran that we assume it means an Isra Hana as well. So it comes out, everybody agrees to Rabbi Vol's rule, both Rabbi Yudin and Rabbi Shimon. The dispute is just whether Yish Bikim Minos in Tam. If Yish Bikim Minos in Tam, it's included in the exception of Nevela. If it's not, then it's not an exception. And in fact, it's also Rana. Says the Gemara, another challenge to Rabbi Vohu, what about the Isra of blood? The Torah says, don't eat the blood. So we see an Isra of Achilah. So according to Rabbi Vohu's rule, what should come out should be Asabana. Utanan, yet we learned in Mishnah, the bloods, we're talking about different karbanos. They would mix in the and the stream in the base of Mekdashviot and leave, they would flow out of the floor of Yosel and Achel Kidron, they'd go out into the Kidron Valley. And what would they do with the blood? Vinim Karin, Laganon and Lezevel, they would be sold to people who, who, who planted things, gardeners, and they'd use it as fertilizer, mole and bow. But if you take it from the base of Mikdash first, then there would be a Me'ila uh, Midrabana. So anyways, the bottom line we see is that once the, the blood is paid for, it's totally fine. It's no longer belongs to the base of Mikdash and you could have, you could have total Hana, total Hana from the blood. How could you have Hana from the blood? It, 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 it should be an Isra of uh, Hana because the Torah says don't eat blood. And if the Torah says don't eat blood, then it should be Asra Hana. So Akash and Rabavo's rule says the Gemara Shani Dabdis Kishlamayim. Blood is an exception. Why? Because when the Torah compares it to water, and what's the purpose of comparing blood to water? Don't eat blood, but rather spill it on the ground like water. What's the purpose of that comparison? Why would the Torah compare blood to water? It must be my mind mutart. Just as you could have hanaf from water, afdam So you could have hanaf from blood. Meaning the Torah went out of its way to tell you that Rebbe Vol's rule doesn't apply to dam. So generally, Rebbe Vol's rule is right. The Torah says don't eat something; it means Israel as well. The Torah went out of its way to tell you. That blood is different because it's compared to water. Says the Gemara, how can you? How do you know your comparison to water is made that way? maybe say, The maybe blood should be compared to water that is poured on the mizbeach. What that blood of water that's poured on the mizbeach? Nisa chamayim on sukkis is definitely kadosh. It's kadosh in a klisharis, and you wouldn't be able to have any hanav from the water that's poured on the mizbeach. So maybe the Torah is saying blood is like that water, and just that of that specific type of water is also hanav. So to blood is also hanav. So how do we know? That blood is an exception to Rabbi Vol's rule. Maybe it's not an exception to Rabbi Vol's rule. And uh, the reality is that it is also Rana. I, the Torah, compared it to water. It means like water on the Mizbeach. Amar Bavo, Kamayim. It says like water. Rov Mayim, like most water, regular water. Yes, you found one water that's also Rana, but presumably the comparison is to regular water. Says the Gemara, how do you know? Midi Rov Mayim, does it say most water? It didn't say regular water. Maybe it's only referring in a Hanami. The comparison is to water that's also Rana. El Amar Ravashi, rather Ravashi says, Kamayim Manishbach, and it says you spill it like water. Regular, only regular water is spilled. And not like water that is poured on the Mizbeach. So if the Torah said like water which is spilled, clearly it's comparing it to regular water and not like water which is poured on the Mizbeach. And the purpose of the comparison is to teach us that the blood is Motorbana. Says the Gemara, Maybe it's coming to say the blood is like water which is poured in front of an idol. When you pour when you pour water in front of an idol, it becomes Asurbana because it becomes Tekrovas, an item that you used in service to Avnavodazar, which is Asurbana. So maybe that's the water that the Torah is referring to. Says the Gemara, Spilling water in front of an idol is not an act of spilling, but it's an act of nisach, of pouring, of libation. And where do we see that? That the act of Avodazar, pouring water, is referred to in the text as an act of libation and not an act of spilling. They drink the waters of the libation. So clearly we see that if the Torah is saying, that like, like water that is spilled, it's a reference to ordinary, regular water that's mutter And the purpose of the comparison between blood and water is to teach that just as water is mutter so too blood is mutter So it's an exception to Rabbi Vod's rule. We have no question on it.
So before, remember way back, not everybody agreed to Chizkiah's rule. We had Chizkiah, with that Rebbe Vo's rule. We had Chizkiah who holds, if the Torah says in Isra Achila, we do not assume that it means in Isra Hana. So according to Chizkiah, Lamai Hilchosah Iskash Ladam, top of the Almond Base, according to Chizkiah, why did the Torah compare blood to water? Bishlam, like Rebbe Vo, the Torah had to compare it to tell you to Mother Bahana. But like Chizkiah, you wouldn't have thought it's also Bahana. The Torah just said, don't eat it. So why did the Torah have to compare blood to water? The answer is, is something that we quoted before in the previous paragraph. Where is the source in the Torah that blood, which is generally a beverage and can, can give food susceptibility to Tumah, they can be machshah, the foods, to be makabal Tumah. How do we know that that doesn't apply to blood of Karbanos? How do we know blood of Karbanos does not render food susceptible to Tumah? Don't eat the blood. You spill it like on the ground, like water. So we say, from the comparison, that only blood which is spilled on the ground, like regular blood, that's blood that's considered a beverage and can make food susceptible to Tumash. But blood that can't just be spilled on the floor, like blood of Karbanos that has to be thrown on the Mizbeach, that type of blood, it's not considered a beverage and it cannot render food susceptible to Tumash. So that's the purpose of the comparison. Okay, so for a different purpose, nothing to do with Israel and Israel. So now we get back to more questions on Rabbi Vo. Again, Rabbi Vo is saying, what's that? Anytime the Torah says, don't eat. The assumption is that don't eat includes any Israel. Says the Gemara, what about Ever Menachai? Right? You can't take a limb off of a limb animal. If you take a limb off of an, a live animal, no matter what happens, even if you subsequently slaughter the animal, you can never eat that limb. It says that Lashon Lo Sochal, don't eat the life, the life with the flesh. So we see the Torah says lo sochal. So according to Rabbi Vo, you would expect every menachai to be asur ma'anav But it says in the price of Nazar no. Remember, How do you know a person shouldn't give a cup of wine to a Nazar? Every menachai of Noach or every menachai to Bnei Noach, even Bnei Noach of the Israel of every menachai. Tamalam if you can't put a stumbling block in front of a blind person. So we see, don't try to help them sin by enabling them and giving them the forbidden item. So halaklavim shari. It sounds like we're saying don't give it to a guy, but because of lifting ever. But it doesn't. If that's the only issue. Doesn't sound like there's an Israel. No, it wouldn't sound like there's anything wrong with giving it to your dog. We're only saying don't give it to a non-Jew because of naiver. But it would sound like you could give it to your dog. There's no where where, where you're having benefit. So we see that Abraham Menachai is mutter and benefit, even though the Torah said not to eat it. And according to Rabbi Bo, we say anytime the Torah says don't eat, we assume it includes Hana. So the Gemara answers no. Abraham Menachai is an exception. Shani Abraham Menachai de Iskash Ladam. Abraham Menachai is different as compared to writing the Torah to blood. The Sivrachazak Levildi Achaladam. Don't eat blood. And then it says Kedam Huanafesh which is the idea of not eating Eber Menachai. So the Torah, um, and the Torah goes on to say, Lozolcha Nefesh Mabas, or Eber Menachai. So since they're said next to each other, the Isra of Dam and the Isra of Eber Menachai, so boom, they're linked together. So just as Dam, we already learned before, is Mutter Ba'anoah was an exception because it was compared to water. So now the exception makes another exception. We compare Eber Menachai to... Uh, to blood, and we say just as blood is mutter b'hana, so to every menachai is mutter b'hana. Says the Gemara, according to Chizkiah, why do you need the comparison? Remember, Chizkiah doesn't hold like Rebbe Vo's rule, so according to him, we would have no reason to think that every menachai is also b'hana. So, according to Chizkiah, what was the need to compare every menachai to blood? Chizkiah would tell you, it's actually the opposite. Blood is being compared to every menachai, meaning we're learning something from every menachai over to blood. Not the opposite. Not that you're learning something from blood to Abraham Nachai. The purpose of the comparison is to learn something about from Abraham Nachai to blood. My Abraham Nachai Aser, just as Abraham Nachai is Aser, meaning even though it's taken from a live animal, because that's the whole thing. When you take it out from a live animal, that's Abraham Nachai. Avdam Nachai Aser. So do blood that comes out of a living animal is Aser. Why is this a Chiddush? Because generally, the, the blood that's Bikaris, you're not allowed to have like 
different types of blood. There's different categories of blood. But generally, the blood that's Bikaris is Dam HaNefesh, the lifeblood. So if you just have like blood of a cod or blood that's in inside one organ, that might not be lifeblood. You don't get Karis. It's a lot. You don't get Karis. But we learn that there's a specific type of blood, which even though it's taken out of a live person, the person's going to, or a live animal, and the animal's going to live, it's still called lifeblood, and you get Karis if you drink it. What type of blood is going to be called lifeblood if it's taken out of a live animal? The Ezeh. This is the blood that comes out from bloodletting. Bloodletting with the animal is bad blood and you're taking out blood from it. So that's considered to be lifeblood and you get caries. And that's what the Torah is comparing. Just as if there's aver that if you take off a menachai, you get caries. So to blood, if you take it menachai, you get caries. And the example that we have for that would be uh, dam of hakaza. That is from the bloodletting that there would be caries if you would drink the blood. That was the purpose of that comparison. But again, Rabbi Vohu's rule might be right. That any time the Torah says don't eat, we assume that it's an Isra benefiting as well. Says the Gemara, what about the ox that's meant to be stoned? So the ox killed somebody. So the halacha is that the Torah says that the shar should be stoned and you can't eat the meat. The can't be eaten. Vitania says in a if the Torah already says that it has to be stoned. So if it says that it has to be stoned, I'm going to know that it's going to be an Avela because if you're not shechting, if you're stoning it, clearly it's not going to have a proper shkita. Unavela asurabana and asurabachila and unavela is asur to eat. So if it's anyways going to be asur to eat because it's an avela, so why did the Torah have to say don't eat the meat of the shara nizkal? Anyways, intuitively I know you can't eat it because it's an avela. What's the purpose of writing don't eat it? The Torah is telling you novelty Let's say after it had the sentence to be, after it was sentenced to death because it killed somebody, the court now says it's going to right. We're supposed to put it to death, but before they did that, somebody quickly goes and slaughters it. And so it's not an Avela. They did a proper Shechita. Still, Aser. It's Aser to eat. It's a Chiddush. Despite the fact that it's Aver, the proper Shechita, you can't eat it because the, the fact that it was sentenced to death for killing somebody, that itself is an Isser to eat Shar HaNizkel. I would say it's only an Isser to eat. How do I know, says the Brisa, that you can't get benefit from the meat of the Shar naki. It says, extra words in the Pasuk, that the owner of the ox is clean. So clean means that he has nothing from it. My mashma, how do we see you have nothing from it? And it means that it's also banah. Like a person who says to his friend, so-and-so is cleaned out of his possessions, meaning that he can't derive any benefit from it whatsoever. So the guy is cleaned out from his ox. He can't even eat it. He can't, he can't forget about the fact that he can't eat it. He can't even benefit from it. So what do we see from here? We're going to get to the question of Rabbi Vo. Time with the cost of Abalasharnaki. It's only because the Torah wrote the extra words of Balashar Naki that we say that it's Asr and benefit. If the Torah was just from the words, don't eat it, and it would be Asr to eat the meat of the Shar Nitzkel, would it still be Mutter and been benefit? Just don't eat it only implies don't eat, but you're allowed to have benefit. So this is good. Um, but, 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 but this is a Kash on Rabbi Vo, Because according to Rabbi Vo, uh, anytime the Torah says don't eat, then we are supposed to assume that it means also not to have benefits. We have a Kash on Rabbi Vo. Now, furthermore, the Rishonim explain here, Rashi explains that not only is it Kashmir it's also a Kashmir and Chizkiah, because even though Chizkiah doesn't have the rule that anytime it says you can't eat, you can't have benefit, but Chizkiah had a drasha by Chametz. How do we know Chametz is also by Nah? Because the Torah didn't say don't eat. It says lo yachel, may not be eaten. So that subtlety means don't do anything which will cause you to go eat, which is a very fancy way of saying don't have benefit, because if you have benefit, you're going to get money. Money will bring you to have pleasure. What do you do with most of your money? You go eat things and have pleasure of eating. So lo yeachel is a reference not to have Israel no. That was the drasha that Chizkiah expounded for Chametz. So to hear by Shah and Iska, what was the language of the Pasuk? Lo yeachel, so we should make the same drasha. So basically, our question is going on and asking on Chizkiah as well. Why does the Torah have to say, even without that drasha, we should assume that it's also 
we would assume that it's also behana because the Torah said lo yechal. So according to Rabbi Bo, it's a kasha. Why does the Torah have to say balashar naki? We know it says lo yochal. And according to according to Chizkiya, it's also a kasha because we should say. Um, lo yeachel tells us it's aser bahana. So the Gemara answers, lo olam leyachel is rachil of israel no mashma. Really, lo yeachel was mashma that it's also aser bahana. Both according to Chizkin and Rebbevo. Ah, you balashar naki. It's actually coming for something else. Balashar naki is not coming to tell you this right now. That we knew already. La nos oro da oro. It's coming to tell you about that you're not that not only can you not benefit from the meat of the ox. But you also can't benefit from the hide. Even the hide is also brought off. It's and that's a chiddush because sokol daizach. I mean, I would have thought to say lechos besar because it was only the flesh. Besar in arulo, only the flesh, but not the hide. Kamash malon. The Torah tells us you can't benefit even from the hide. So the Gemara is conceding that actually we do not need balashar naki to tell us that meat's also brought off. Balashar naki is coming to tell us that the R is also brought Okay, so says the Gemara, but in, in Babakama, we actually use Balasharanaki to tell us other things. So, those Tanam in Babakama use the phrase Balasharanaki to tell us other laws. For example, a Chetzi Kofer, for the law of half of Kofer. So, this is, we don't really have to get into so much of this, but basically, when, a, when an ox, which is Muad, which gores three times, so we know you pay full payments when it gores um, three times. A Tom, the first few times that it does, it only pays half half payments. So there's another interesting question. What about instead of goring another animal, gored, it gored a person? So when it gores a person, uh, so there's Allah of kofer, like it gores like a, a slave, there's Allah of kofer. So so if there's a din of kofer, there's another bill, there's a payment, there's like this atonement thing that the owner has to pay because it killed a person. So that's all by a muad. But by a tom, does it pay half kofer or do you not have to pay at all? So we say bala sharnaki comes to tell us that it doesn't even have to pay uh, half kofer. The whole idea of kofer is only by a shar muad, not by a shar tom. So we learn that from the words bala sharnaki, ulud mevaladus, or about the fetuses. In other words, what happens if a ox scores a pregnant woman and she aborts her fetus? You don't have bala sharnaki. You don't have to pay the husband the value of the fetus. That and when a person hits a woman who is pregnant and, and she loses her baby, then there's a special penalty, penalty that's paid for the vlad. But when an animal does a bala sharnaki, you're totally fine. You don't have to pay anything. So basically, the point is in Babakama, we use the, sh- the expression bala sharnaki to teach us other things. So if it comes to teach us other things, how do we know that it's also to benefit from the ox's hide? The din of the ox's hide, we were trying to say came from bala sharnaki, but now we're saying we use bala sharnaki. We use Baal Sharnaki for other things. So how do we know that the ox's hide is Asr Bahana? So the Gemara says, Navglu, Navglu, mi Espisaro. From the word S. It said, don't eat Espisaro. S is an extra word, and we say S, Atafalabasaro. Comes to say, not only can you not eat and benefit the meat, but you can't eat and benefit from the thing that's tuffel, that's that, that that's attached to the flesh, which is the hide. Says the Gemara of Idach, the one that learned from Balashar Naki that there's an Isra Oro, what do we use S for? So the Gemara says, S lo darish. You know what? He doesn't expound S. S is not something you darish. Where do we see that? It's a dispute in the Tanam if you darish an S or you do not. He used to expound every single S. Every single extra S, he would come to include a Joshua. But when he reached the Pasuk, S, Hashem Lokachotira, he stopped. Perash, he stopped. And why is the idea that he stopped? Because how could anything be equated to fearing, fearing our Kaddish Baruch Hu? Any other person or living thing can't be connected in one phrase. Fear Hashem and this other thing, nothing, it, it, nothing can be connected to the, to the, uh, nothing can be connected to the fear of Hashem. It can't be such a thing. So therefore, he said, it must be, you don't darshan esim. It must be, it's wrong. The whole methodology of darshaning esim. So Armelo Talmida, the Rebbe, what's going to be with all the other interpretations that you taught us from Essen? What, do we have to throw them all out now? Now we realize that we're actually not supposed to darshin uh, S to begin with. So what's going to be? 
some of the ham, Shimon Asimani said, Kishim Shikvati Schalajisha, the same way I get reward for all the drushes that I made for the Esim, Kachan Mikabal Schalapisha. I'm going to get reward for taking them all away. Meaning, Enochanam, even though we're going to lose all the drushes, now that I realize it's wrong, we're going to get reward for taking away all the drushes. Ah, so he held, you don't dash in Esim anymore. Akiva came along and he said, I know what to dash with Esim Hashem What can I equate to Hashem that together with Hashem you should fear? I'll tell you what it is. Torah scholars could be equated to Hashem. And that makes sense. Esim Hashem um, and that's is like mamish connected to Hashem, the Torah scholars, and that's why you were darshing that you should fear Tamil Chachamim as well. So the bottom line is it's Machlokas Tanam if you darshan S, so that could be the Machlokas Tanam by here as well. Uh, if you do darshan S, then S uh, Basar can tell you the hide is also right now. Balashar Naki is then extra for all those joshuas that we want in Baba Kama stuff. Whereas if you do not darshan S, then you need Balashar Naki to tell you that the hide is Asr. But regardless, we have no Kashan Chizkin Rebavo in Enachanami, the Isra of Hanah and the meat was the from Lo Yochal or Lo Yochel, uh, and we're all good. Okay, so now the Gemara goes back again, challenging Chizkin Rebbe Vahu. I rate Arla. What about Arla? Rachman Amar Arelim Lo Yeachel. It's supposed to be Arla, right? The first fruits of the first three years are supposed to be Arelim. They may not be eaten. So, Lo Yeachel. So, according to Rebbe Vahu, automatically it says don't eat. We should know it's Asarana. And even according to Chizkin, it, it doesn't say don't eat. It says Lo Yeachel. So, we should make the same drush we made by Chametz. Don't do anything that might cause you to go eat. Like, don't have benefit, which will cause you to have money, which will cause you to buy food, which you'll have pleasure from. Itania says in a price, Arelim Lo Yeachel. In the Asarachil, I would only know. In How do you know that there's an Isra to benefit from You can't die with Ishlaib. So now you can't light um can't light a lamp with it. That's that's forbidden. Talmud Loma Kulam. The Torah wrote some extra words here, and we by writing these extra phrases, it comes to tell you that it's also in benefit. So the Torah had to write extra words to tell you that it's also in benefit. We wouldn't have known it just from, just from the fact that it said Layachel. So now the Gemara finishes its question in time. The Gosar Kwanarat also Arelim. It's only because the Torah wrote that whole extra phrase. Halaf Alchi without that Avimina Srachilam Mashma that's right all Mashma. I would have thought it's only also to eat it but not also to have benefit. But according to both Khitkin and Rebavo, that shouldn't be true. According to Rebavo, we have a rule anytime the Torah says don't eat, it can't have benefit. And according to Khitzka, anytime it says Lo Ye Achel, Ye Achel is Mashma not only not to eat, but not to do anything which will cause eventual eating, meaning don't have benefit because it will cause eventually you have more money and you'll go buy food and eat. So why do I need the Torah to write the extra words? So the Gemara answers, Really, the word by Arla already taught us it's Asr Ba'ana. The Shani Asr, but it's different there by Arla. Hashem says it's Lachem, it's for you. It says, It should be for you. So it's Mashma in some way that actually Arla is for you. So someone would have said the Torah went out of its way to tell you it's Mutter Ba'ana. So the Torah has to go out of its way to tell you that's not what I meant to say, and actually it is Asr Ba'ana. The Itzrach, therefore, was necessary to have the extra restriction that it's Asr Ba'ana because otherwise, I mean, I would have thought to say, since the Torah said the word to you, Shalachem Yehei, Yahashem was trying to tell us that the Arla should be yours, that you could benefit from it. And therefore, the Torah has to tell us that the Arla's benefit is Aser. So now the Arla is Aser from the extra phrase. So now the Gemara is the obvious question. So now that Hashem wrote those extra phrases to tell us that Arla is Aser so what does Hashem mean by writing Lachem? It's, it, it's Mashma, the Arla is still somewhat yours. What way is it yours? You can't eat it, you can't benefit. So what way is it yours? Why is the Torah saying the word Lachem? The time is coming to tell us what it says in the price of Lachem, the word to you, comes to include Arla, which was planted, if, if it was if it was planted for the public, Lachem, even if it's for all the public, even Arla planted for the public, it's not only Aser, 
went into private person, so I'll even, even trees that were planted for the public are also Asr. Rabbi Yudah Omer Lahoti has sent it to other rabbis. Just the opposite. To you comes to exclude Arla from applying to a tree which is planted for the public. No, someone's planting a tree in Rishus Rabbim for the public. So the Tanakhama is going to say that the fruit does have Arla. Rabbi is going to say that it does not. Both of them are looking at the same word, Lachem, and expounding for their opinion. So the Gemara speaks out. My time at Tanakhama. The Tanakhama was stringent. He said, when it's planted for the public, it's Asr. Where does he get that from? The Unetatim. It says, you plant. So that implies layachid. It's mashma we're talking about to an individual. The rabbi mashma is not mashma we're talking about a tree that's planted for the public because unitatem, it's not normal to do such a thing. So unitatem is mashma that it's a regular person planted. But then, because Rahman al it wrote the extra phrase lachem, lahavi is as an adul rabbim. It comes to include, even if it's lachem, that it was a tree which was planted for the public, there still is an iser of Arla. That is the Tanakhama stringent view. Rabbi Yehuda, just the opposite. It said, applies whether it was a tree for a public, for an individual or for the public. So the Pashtus was that our law applied for the public. Then the Torah repeated itself and said that our law applies even when it's for the public. So when the Torah repeats something, it's an inclusion after an inclusion. It says to you, after it says, and you plant. So, so there's a very funny thing. The Torah like repeats itself twice to say that Arla should apply to Rabbim. So now the most backwards things happen. The, the, when you have a drasha where one inclusion follows another inclusion, actually the Torah is excluding it. So the Torah, by telling you twice that Arla is la Rabbim, ironically the Torah is telling you there's no Arla la Rabbim. That's the way we look at the drasha of in riboy it's obviously very strange. The Torah is by, how does the Torah exclude it? By including it twice. But that's good for the point. Once it included one, why would it have to include it again? Must be, it's coming to tell you, actually it's excluded. So according to Rabbi Yudah, we, from the word Lachem, it ends up excluding Arla from a public uh, public tree. According to Rabbi Yudah, the Tanakhama, Lachem comes to include Arla from a public tree. So regardless, Lachem, Lamaitza is not coming to say that Arla is Mutter no, We do derive that Arla is also run off in the other Pasuk. Lachem is coming to tell us the other Halachos, whether or not Arla applies to the public tree. So, bottom line is, we have defended ourselves for Abavo and Chizkiah, that's for sure, and we've just learned some other halachas along the way about Arla.